This podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Hell on Heels podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Brianna. I'm Amanda. And hello again. We are on, what episode is this? I don't know. Why do we, why do I pretend like I know things? So seven? No, we just released six. We already have seven recorded. So this is either eight or nine. This is eight according to the calendar. Okay. I had to double check the calendar the other day. It is correct. So (laughs) this is eight. We have a calendar that we do not use. Speak for yourself. I used it. (laughs) I mean, I used it after I realized we were lost. We were very lost. (laughs) Okay. Oh, how are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Um, nothing really new to say. Oh, I started packing because I'm literally moving in two and a half weeks. You said you had a one box packed. Well, technically, I've got a box and I've got a suitcase pack. And the suitcase literally just has like my ski boots and like some art supplies and stuff that I don't need. But it's packed. It's packed. It's a start. <laughs> it's a start. <laughs> How's uh, the baby doing? You have not Can shaken her or going. given her whiskey yet. So we're very <laughs> proud of you. She's just, uh, she's kind of fussy, which we think she has a clogged tear duct. So I don't know if that hurts or if it's bothering her at all. But she's just been really fussy the past few days. So I don't have a sleep schedule. I just took a nap. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Like I sleep when she sleeps. So, because James is back at work now. Mm-hmm. And how long did he take off? Next month. He took off for a week. Oh, okay. Which, thank God, because we almost shook her simultaneously in the, those first couple days, but we didn't. See, that's because so. I've heard that a lot of companies, like, it's very, very hard for the dad to get, like, time off. But he probably oh, he, used yeah. PTO. Yeah, he used vacation. They don't have paternity time where he's at. They don't have paternity leave. And I was lucky because I talked to my boss today. and. My boss pretty much called and he's like, by the way, we're getting a raise in January and we're getting a bonus on this day and you just come back whenever you want. Just let us know. And I'm like, y'all are the fucking best, man. <laughs> like, oh, nice. Dang. God, especially for a government job. Y'all are awesome. Oh, that's awesome. How's the puppy, Bryce? She's good. Do you guys want to see her? Yeah. Duh. Hold on. I've got to wake her up then. Hold on. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I know I'm so horrible. Here's oh, Maisie. God, she's so fluffy. She's adorable. Oh, sweet. She's she's a crackhead. <laughs> so I have called her crackhead quite a bit. I'm sorry. Don't make little noises. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but she so she's still not sleeping in her kennel, which means she sleeps with me and Cody. <laughs> That's because she screams when she's in her kennel. She screams bloody murder. So we've got to work on that this weekend. She's doing pretty good on potty training when I'm watching her. Cody can't watch her. Oh, that was that was pointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He comes in right before we started recording and goes, she had an accident in the kitchen. 
And I said, hmm, interesting. Maybe that's why I tether her when I'm watching her. <laughs> Anyways, so now I'm going to be recording like this. So don't do anything to make me jump or to make me scream. Because <laughs> I have well, a puppy. Amanda, you want to go first with your paranormal story? No, I'm kidding. Just I have paranormal this week. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I was going to be like, yeah, you know, so we can just make her jump out of her chair. I almost had a heart attack because I was like, I don't have a story ready. (laughs) And I looked at the calendar and I was like, okay, it's cool. I'm not supposed to have a story ready. I was about to be like, yeah, Amanda, are you ready with your story? (laughs) I was about to be like, so this is a story of Mary Flora Bill. (laughs) (laughs) That's not paranormal. It will be. (laughs) I'll make it. <laughs> Any other updates, guys? Oh, um, Jack said that you know he'll buy me some nice headphones. Headphones, that's the word. Some nice headphones for Christmas. So he better, he better be a man of his word. I will hunt him down if he does not. You totally should. So, Jack, this is for you. Buy some nice ass headphones. Jack. No, we kind Damn of it, made Jack. It, we kind of made it like a thing so that we would only spend fifty dollars for Christmas for each other this year. And so if he spends upward of fifty dollars, I'll pay for the rest. But I just want like a nice set. Honestly, Bryce, we were thinking about did you get those from Amazon? No, Walmart. Oh really? They're just cheapy. We saw the exact ones on Amazon. You can get them on Amazon, but I just, because I wanted the Beats headphones, um, and Amazon just had issue. It wasn't Amazon, it was the seller, and I was sick of waiting, because I had waited for four, four weeks, and I ended up going to Walmart. It cost, I think they cost like 130 They weren't too bad. Yeah. But you also have to have um, a cord to plug them in, so that they're not just Bluetooth. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's whack. Yeah, it it's, really all, is. All it is is that the Bluetooth is, it just slows it down. So I would hear you guys slower and you guys wouldn't hear me as well. So. Mm. Makes sense. Okay. Hey. Well, well, we don't have any other updates. Me and Maisie are settled in and it is Bree's turn. She's going to kick us off with a true crime story. Yeah. So. We have previously done this. Well, I've previously done this story, but there is a lot more information. And um, it's been a long time since we've done it. I don't know. So It was during our practice rounds, wasn't it? Yeah. This is the story of Samuel Little. And y'all can go ahead and go to the first picture in the drive labeled 5 Samuel Little. Oh, he looks fly as fuck. Hold on, you won't I say that later. Wasn't paying attention and didn't go to the drive like I was instructed. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not good at following instructions. I promise you, you will not say that later. He does look fly. Like, yeah. for his time frame, he looks like he mm-hmm. is just a badass. I know he's a dickhole, but I have to say he's a very sharply dressed dickhole. I'll give him that. Hey, hey, 
Don't ruin the story, you guys. Come on. Let's go. Okay. He does have some nicely ironed and pressed uh, seams there. Like, he looks real good. Okay. Um, You can't stand us, Brie. We know that. What even is this picture that I put on here? He's got a nice afro. It's like a nice poofy afro. He's in a blue suit. Or at least a blue blazer. And a button up. What year is this again? I'm going to guess 60s. 60s or 70s. I'm not exactly sure which year this was taken. I just kind of got this picture off of YouTube. I'm just going to say you don't get the full effect by hearing us describe it. So you just pull over and go go find us on Instagram real quick. It's fine. It doesn't matter if you're on a busy freeway. Just pull over real quick. Put your hazards on. <laughs> oh my. You know what? Oh Even wow. better, have someone else drive and you can be looking at pictures. Yes, get a chauffeur. Yes. I wish. In a limousine. I, I wish that were the case when I drive to Austin, honestly. <laughs> Samuel Little was born on June 7th, 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia, to a mother he claims was a teenage prostitute. Soon after his birth, his family moved to Lorraine, Ohio, where he was raised by his grandmother. From what I read, Little had difficulty in high school with violence and his grades plummeting, so he eventually dropped out of school. He began committing petty crimes such as theft in his teens and was sent to juvenile detention around this time. In the 1950s, he moved around from state to state and was arrested for a ton of different things. Um, Fraud, driving under the influence, assault, armed robbery, rape, and many others. By 1975, he'd been arrested over 25 times across 11 states. And at that How old point, would he have been at that point? 35. Okay. Why is he a free man? What the hell? From what I read, he had only really been in jail at that point for 10 years. For one of the times that he got arrested and he was convicted and sent to jail, he was able to escape. But other than that, I mean... And it was across different states. You said 11 states? Yeah. Um, I don't know if in the uh, 70s they really had a lot of cooperation between the states or not. I don't know. I, I don't they think they have. did. I don't think they did because I know my grandpa lost his driver's license in Alabama, so he just went and got it in Mississippi. Yeah, around that time. Not that they weren't like big man hunts and stuff. I'm sure they were cooperating, but if it was small petty stuff, I don't think they yeah. cared. And rape wasn't really like a huge, huge offense well, as it is nowadays. Really, from. What I know, the armed robbery was, quote unquote, like the biggest offense. And that's kind of what sent him to jail. And then he he was able to escape. So yeah, rape really wasn't like that big of a deal back then, which is really sad because I mean, how dare you? Yeah. The laws just changed and the world changes. So Samuel Little met Mary Brosley at a nearby bar drinking in celebration of New Year's Eve in 1970, Miami, Florida. 
but that soon came to an end. Mary was 33 years old and described as a frail, vulnerable woman about 5'4 and anorexic, only weighing about 80 pounds. And y'all, I'm 5'4 and I weigh 120, 130 on my bad days. I mean, that is teeny, like itsy bitsy. God love her. Yeah, she's tiny. I know. (laughs) The tip of her left pinky finger was missing. It was sliced off in a kitchen accident, and she walked with a limp from hip surgery. Mary had told Samuel that night that she'd left her relationships, her husband, and two children behind in Massachusetts after many confrontations about her drinking. Or at least that's what I could find based off of the information. She was reported missing by her husband around June of 1970. Mary told her husband in June she was going to visit her family up in Palmer, Massachusetts, about 70 miles away from their hometown in Boston. Oh, y'all can go to the second picture. I apologize. And she frequently visited this. She frequently visited Palmer, Massachusetts to visit with her relatives. Her husband later reported her missing after not hearing from her for about a week. No one that knew her really ever heard from her again. And this was a little odd for Mary because she, I mean, from what I could find, her husband was very, very concerned and I mean, the entire family, it seems like she was very close with her family the amount of times that she visited them, and it was just completely bizarre that she just fell off the face of the earth. But, estranged from her family and struggling to survive in a new town where she didn't know anyone, she was the type of woman who might disappear from the face of the earth without attracting much notice. Now, flash forward back to New Year's Day of 1971, Mary Brosley became the first known victim of a man since recognized as the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history. And that is according to multiple sites. That man is Samuel Little. In a span of 43 years of rampant killing, Little confessed to killing... Do you want to take Gander? I don't remember the number. 93. Wow. (laughs) 93 people, virtually all of them women. Wait, virtually all of them women? So men and women. Yes. So from all of the things that I read, I really couldn't find a lot of his victims that were men because only... A handful of these victims' names are public due to, you know, privacy issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he did kill some men as well. According to CBS News, a Texas ranger got him to confess to practically all of these victims. He says he was able to do this by, quote, avoiding the things that normally work for investigators. You avoid things like remorse and closure for the family, end quote. So essentially what he did is 
he appealed to Little as a sociopath rather than coming at him with the type of thing that an investigator would as just kind of loving and caring for the actual family because in Little's minds, because he was a serial killer, what he did was like an art form. And it, we, we know that it's not that, but that's kind of how it was in his mind. And that's kind of how it was described in this article. Art form. Disgusting. Can we just make anything an art form, though? Like, breathing is an art form. I got that art down to a T. I do so many different art forms. If you need any DIY, I got you. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to need you. To come finish the DIY projects in my house. <laughs> hey, if you oh. pay me, I got you. <laughs> I will pay for room and board and food. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I got you. Okay. Um, <laughs> he has hours of recorded police tapes, of which are available on FBI.gov. From what I read online, Little remembered many of his victims and even produced lifelike drawings of dozens of them. Y'all can go to the third picture. That is a picture of some of the drawings that he produced. And he wasn't necessarily the best artist, but it was all of these portraits are an accurate portrayal of the women. I mean, I don't want to give him credit. But also, he can draw much better than I ever could, so. Yeah, same. So it's not like a portrait, but they're better than what I could do. I always wonder when I see these, like, did they just give them some paper and color pencils and just be like, all right, go to town? From this CBS News article, I was actually able to find out that Little had a photographic memory. So when he, he essentially told the investigators, like, yeah, I know exactly what they look like. And they, and, you know, he described them. They said, well, can you, you know, draw it for us? And he said, yeah, I will. Or paints. I don't know what exactly those used, but. I just want to say, even based off of these drawings, a lot of these women look like they were just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mary Drossley was really pretty, too. Yeah, she was. Um, he would refer to his victims as fruits, saying, I'd go back to the same city sometimes and pluck me another grape. How many grapes do y'all have on the vine here? Do you all have on the vine here? End quote. I'm going to promise. Okay. It's I can just, never eat grapes again. Yeah. You're probably wondering how did a murderous rampage go on for almost 50 years without being detected? Mary Brosley had just left her hometown to start fresh. All of his victims were people like this whose deaths or disappearances went unnoticed. He told New York Times, quote, I never killed no senators or governors or fancy New York journalists. Nothing like that. I stayed in the ghettos, end quote. 
and according to Washington Post, many of his victims failed to be identified properly as a murder investigation by authorities working the case or were conducted as really only cursory investigations and not as murders. One of these victims was named Clara Birdlong, y'all can go to the third, fourth picture, who was identified in September. Um, hey, wait, the fourth picture is definitely not what you think. That looks okay. like a Samuel Little. Go to the fifth picture. My bad. My bad. That okay. yeah, the fourth picture is a picture of what Samuel Little looks like now. But yeah, go oh to the God. fifth picture. She said fourth and I clicked on fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so You're just a mind uh, reader. That's really all it comes down to. <laughs> what happens next, Amanda? I'm just kidding. Somebody dies. <laughs> How accurate is she, Brie? Uh, well, yeah, but you're a mind reader, Amanda. You got this right. New (laughs) career path. So I'm curious real fast before I get more into this story, because I completely forgot about it. But do y'all think that these pictures look similar? Because one of the pictures is obviously a picture portrayal of Clara Birdlong when she was, well, a portrayal of her based on her remains of what she might have looked like. And the one on the right is Little's drawing of her. I think in the face, they actually look pretty similar. I think the hair is throwing me off. But in in her face, facial features, I feel like I can see quite a bit of accuracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. The hair, I don't. It looks, I wouldn't even call it similar, to be honest. Uh, But the face, the face is there. Yeah, there's definitely, she's got kind of a longer face. But I mean, look at her nose. Like on one picture, it looks like her nose curves. And on the other one, it looks like it just curves the other way. So Mm -hmm. like a mirror image. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing is like a mirror image. Yeah. One of these victims was named Clara Birdlong, who was identified in September of 2021. That's really recent. So with the new DNA testing and the DNA tree, um, they were actually able, they recovered her body a long time ago, but it was an unsolved case. And with this, they were able to identify her and let her family know. That's insane. After 44 years, her family actually got closure. Othram, a DNA, a Texas DNA research facility, was contracted by Mississippi, Mississippi authorities to create a family tree based on Ferris DNA. And I wrote a note here saying new inventions in the field are capital W-I-L-D wild. Are wild. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. an H in there too. It's wild. Wild. <laughs> like how I say welcome is wild. <laughs> CNN says a woman in Leafort County where family members said, excuse me, where family members said Clara went missing him, said she remembered that she left in the county in 
the 1970s with, quote, an African-American man who claimed to be passing through Mississippi on his way to Florida, and Clara was never heard from again, end quote. Now, we did talk about his first victim in his first victim ever. His first victim in Los Angeles was a woman named Carol Eileen Elford, and I apologize, I could not get a picture of her. I couldn't really find her on Google. Um, she was found dead in an alley with multiple injuries, including strangle wounds. Little is said to often beat and strangle his victims with his bare hands, not to mention she was naked from her waist down with her shirt pulled up, o- up and over her bra and only wearing one sock. Why was she only wearing one sock? Do I That's what bothers know? you about what she just said? <laughs> That's what I can cope with, okay? <laughs> the whole thing bothers me, but I, my brain went in a different direction, okay? <laughs> her clothing was gone, and there were drag marks near her body, indicating Little had killed her, then dragged her body to this alley, where it was found on July 13th, 1987. I don't exactly know the exact date that she died, but only about 50 of Little's victims have been identified since he confessed. Only he was- 50. Only 50. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's only about 50, 50 people. Holy shit. I need a drink for this one, and I'm not drinking right now. I'm almost done. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what was that? I'm sorry. What about 50? James was giving me the baby monitor. Only Can you tell James 50. to fucking mind his own business? Well, he's leaving. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. Go on, Brie. I've interrupted you like eight times. You're fine. Um, only about 50 of Little's victims have been identified since he confessed. I mean, if he actually killed 93 people, that's still about halfway to go. Ugh, I really hope he's just lying. I'm honestly hoping with this new DNA testing and, you know, being able to, like, make, like, a family tree based on the DNA that they'll be able to find his other victims as well and multiple other killers' victims, too, because, I mean, it's just so sad. He was convicted in 2012 for murdering lots of victims. Let's just say that. And again (laughs) in 2014 for the murder of the Denise Christie brothers. And from what I could find on these guys, he essentially, I mean, just strangled them with his hands. And that's that. I mean, the. So from what I got from his background, his mother was a teenage prostitute, as I said previously, and he took that like took him on and he really had no idea how to cope with his grandmother raising him. And then that's kind of when he started getting into, well, I mean, like roughly right after he was born, he, his grandmother started raising him, but he just kind of 
he kind of lived in the ghetto and that's who his victims were. I mean, he essentially tried to, and I'm no psychological profiler or anything, so don't take this to heart or anything, but I think that he tried to kill his mom just over and over again. That's my thing. That's what I think. I can see um, it if he's if his mom was a prostitute and not a great mother and he was killing prostitutes, I can see it. That's based off of what he said though. So we we don't exactly know the full story, but that's based off of what he said on police tape. Well, yeah, but I mean, if if that were really the case, then I can see it. I could also sorry. I could I was going to say I could also see though that he cuz if he did, I'll say 50, since the rest of them are not yet proven. But if he killed roughly 50 people, he was obviously intelligent enough to get by with it. He could just be saying that, but in all reality, he targeted this these people, these women, uh, mainly, because he knew the police just don't care, and he's going to skate by with it. They don't have connections, and he's smart enough to just target these people. He could just be evil and disgusting. I mean, he did have a, going off of that, he did have, like, a pretty damn good just way of doing it. And I hate to say that, but, I mean, he targeted, as he said, the ghetto, you know? I mean. But, I mean, no, I think no matter what, he's still evil and disgusting. That oh, doesn't no, he change definitely that. Yeah. Yeah. I no, just, his, sure. his reasoning of why, because. People don't just kill people. Like, it's not, I mean, obviously in today's day and age, people do it. But, like, it's not a thing the majority of people ever think about doing. There's normally some psychological reason. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, like, I understand he had a, a shitty childhood, but a lot of people have shitty childhoods and they don't grow up and kill people. Is there a ghost in there? I think I, I hit a remote. Fucking Amanda, your house is haunted. I sent the ghost to you. Goodbye. Keep them. <laughs> no, I hit the, James has one of those crazy color lights. And when I set the baby monitor up here, I guess I hit it with my wrist. But I'm kind of liking this. It's kind of a vibe. I'm keeping it purple. You go, girl. Anyways. Little's charge in court was multiple life sentences, but he died in he died on December 30th, 2020. And if y'all know, or if you remember, I still have this theory from the first time. I don't time. remember it. That was a long time. I don't remember yesterday. So I don't remember this morning. Little died the day before the 50th anniversary of his first victim. And y'all know that I always try to look for the good in people. So I have this theory that he couldn't live with himself anymore after and therefore ended it. Even though it was 40-some years after, he did confess to... I mean, hopefully, all of his victims. And maybe 
he might have finally felt remorse for those victims. I vaguely remember this and my counter argument for this is I don't think he felt remorse. I think he was like, going to make everyone question everything from here on out. Took his own life to like as his way of saying, um, I control this, not you guys. I'm not going to live my life out in jail. I'm going to kill myself and I take back the control. Yeah, I don't think somebody can have at least 50, possibly 93. Uh, I don't think I don't think you can kill that many people and then and then be like, you know what? This is this is horrible. I feel really bad. I'm just going to I don't think he did that. Okay. For those of you listening, Amanda made a hand motion. Oh uh, yeah. To say the throat thing. Yeah, the, the finger I, across the I throat thing. I honestly have in my notes written and therefore slit throat and make that sound and (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i am psychic (laughs) you need to just change your career amanda you could make so much money Um, with my psychic abilities i'm gonna say samuel little is just a doo-doo headed cootie queen he's the doo-doo is he the doo-doo head or the cootie queen he's both I think he can only have one title. Yeah, no, he yeah. is a a doo-doo headed cootie queen. Oh, okay. How many doo-doo headed mm-hmm. cootie queens are there? I can think of one right now. One big one. I can think of one. <laughs> um holy why am I blanking on his name? Samuel Little. <laughs> you just talked about him. <laughs> no, 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 a different <laughs> one. <laughs> Is that one oh, that we've no. talked about? No, one in the eighties. The the like young guy who was like Ted Bundy. Very, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was gonna say very well liked until they found out that he actually killed all those women. Yeah, I called dibs on Ted Bundy. By the way, don't touch him. That's fine. Um, <laughs> going back to Samuel Little, my argument. For him, and y'all know that I'm literally just doing this to be the devil's advocate, but my argument for him that he felt remorse is that he literally has a photographic memory. According to the CBS News article, and according to, um, let me get his name right, um, oh, I didn't even quote it in here. But the Texas Ranger, he was very, very intelligent. And he knew what he was doing when he was doing it. And the, I don't know, I just feel like you, personally for me, I guess because I'm not a psychopath, but I could not see 93 people being killed by me and then not feeling bad because i have a photographic memory as well hold on so here's my thing is if it was that horrific to see that in his brain why didn't he stop after his first victim because that would he would have had that all the time anyways that would have been a horrific memory so he went on to claim that he killed 93 people and all of a sudden now it's horrific it's awful and he feels remorse 
I don't buy it. Nope, I don't believe it. I'm not at all comparing it to this. But let's say, for example, that you are, I don't know, doing something that you hate. For example, painting the cabinets. Okay. And then in six months, because he really only killed about two to three victims per year, in about six months, you realize, oh my God, I hate this fucking color. I'm going to change it. And so then you take down all the cabinets and you're like, oh shit, I have to do this again. I already painted one cabinet. Now I just have to go for the rest. And you just keep going and keep going until it's done. This is really fucking hitting home because that has already happened. Oh, I know. This year, in fact, okay? I know. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, this is like, I blocked, I blacked out those memories because I didn't want them. My brain just went, nope, those aren't there. Your cabinets were always green. And now you're bringing it back to the forefront of my mind. And I don't appreciate it. Well... Let's say that you knew that you didn't want to do it. You knew that it was bad. You knew that you could live without doing it, but you just went ahead and you did it again. And you couldn't control yourself. Because he Um, really only killed two to three victims a year. I don't know. I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I don't like you playing devil's advocate because you're bringing up traumatizing memories for myself with those damn cabinets, okay? That's the real issue I'm having right now. You took this to a whole personal level, and I didn't like it. I don't appreciate it. I'm sorry. No, but she's still Annie Moon. Somebody's being a little shithead. Hi! No, other way. There she is. Hi, Annie Moon. Wait, what's her? Angry Oatmeal. I know her middle name is stands stands for moon, but what is it actually? Is it actually moon? It is. It's pronounced moon. Uh, in Korean, it's no. In Korean, it's moon, but it's uh, it means to kiss. Because her father wouldn't let me name her to decapitate, so we went with to kiss. What would have been <gasps> to decapitate? It would have been the same word, just a different character. Like Korean, they have Hanja is what they call it, and that's the characters. So Moon has a bunch of different meanings depending on which character you use to write it. I she is Ipsul Moon, which means to kiss. I kind of wish it was to decapitate too. Mm-hmm. I feel like she is your child. We listen to murder together. And you talk, you research murder together, I'm sure. Yes. That's so. actually a funny story because one of the podcasts that I listened to, uh, I listened to it a lot when I was pregnant because it takes me about 40 minutes to get to work. Like I have a 40 minute commute. So I would listen to that, not really realizing up until the point and past that she can hear what's going on outside the womb. <laughs> And uh, she was being really fussy one night. And to calm my scattered nerves, I put on that podcast and she immediately like kind of calmed down. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Two weeks in and I ruined my child. (laughs) Okay, but you haven't shaken her and you haven't given her whiskey. We're going to go back to that so that you have a win. 
This is very true. Okay, sorry, Bree. Back to what you were saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. Back to you um, traumatizing me with bringing up the memories of the cabinet incident again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was telling um, Bryce a good representation of this because he really only kills two to three people a year is imagine how if you painted your cabinets and you absolutely hated them. You absolutely hated painting them. Check. And you come into the house after a really long day and you realize that you fucking hate the color six months later. Check. And then you (laughs) repaint the cabinets a different color because you remember how much you hated it. Check. And then (laughs) you realize how much you hated it But then you have to keep going because you already painted one of the cabinets, so all of them have to match the same color. Check. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm playing the devil's advocate with this story. She's equating murder to cabinet painting, so basically I will become a murderer if I have to paint another cabinet in my lifetime. Makes complete and total sense. No, 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 no. So what I'm saying is that he was a very intelligent man. But I mean, honestly, I have done things in the past that I fucking hated. Then six months to a year later, thought that I loved them, then went back to that thing. And then I realized that I fucking hated it again. Hey, wait, I I have another another thing to compare this to. Um, Just like how I hate having puppies. Guess who just got a puppy? I hate training puppies. I hate training them. I'll trade you puppies. You're not touching my dog. Just because I hate training (laughs) them. She is my little floof ball, okay? I will give you Buck. No. Buck (laughs) would not like my dogs. My dogs would not like Buck. That's the issue is my dogs are a-holes. Yeah, it's true. Well, Maple's got him good in... uh... What's that S word? Shit. Swerve. Is this a subservient? Um, It's definitely swag. It's definitely. (laughs) I need to start taking my anxiety of medicine again because this is what happens when I don't take it. Submissive? That's the one. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I just lose it mid sentence. Like, I, like the sentence is going here, and then it just whoosh, gone. <laughs> the exact same way when I'm not on my ADHD medication. I'm just that way all the time. It's like in, you know, I the only game I really play on my computer is The Sims, and I haven't even played that in forever. Love The Sims. But that's what I always feel like is someone just canceled the action I was doing. So I turn around and figure something else out. I had a psychiatrist tell me, well, I've had multiple psychiatrists tell me that I need to be tested for ADHD, but I never have been because one, I'm 31. I got this far. I think I'm okay. And two, that shit's fucking expensive. Hello? So yeah, no. Well, wait, haven't you met your deductible this year though? 
Yeah, but I'm not getting out of the house to do anything. Because I was also supposed to have like a colonoscopy and a heat scan and all this other crap for my ulcerative colitis. No, I'm just not going to leave the house. I'm just saying if you're going to do it, now's the time. I'm going to schedule it for you and you're going to do it. James is going to take care of the kid and you're going to do it. The kid. That is what she's been reduced to is the kid. (laughs) James takes care of both children because he forces me to go to the doctor when I don't want to. So, because I just ignore things. Which honestly made labor real easy. But I just ignore pain and he just nags me until... I go to the doctor. So that's because I'm the man. You can't yeah. ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Not until they gave me that uh epidural. Thank you, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They do say pregnancy brain lasts the rest of your life, so God, I'm screwed. No, okay, okay. Pregnancy <laughs> brain, but you've also been living on like what, like five hours of sleep tonight, so don't even fret. Don't I even get fret. about two or three at a time, depending on how much milk I can force her to drink. If I can force her to drink a lot, she'll sleep for a good three hours, and then I sleep for a good three hours. Wait, um, I don't think you're supposed to force feed your child either. They told me to feed on demand, so this girl, if she wants to eat, you, you take it. That's nipple or bottle. You're taking one. That's not force feeding her, though. That's just feeding her. Your girl is going to be a fat ass baby. I'm just saying. It'll be cute. She is. She's getting pretty chunky. I think all babies get pretty chunky. They definitely. She blew like that first, uh, that week checkup. Y'all, I cried because I did the new parent thing where we brought her home from the hospital and then me and James had a fucking night. And the next morning, we were like, something has to be wrong with her. Something has to be wrong with her. Like, she, I would feed her and put her down, and 10 minutes later, she would wake up and cry. And I'd feed her and put her down, and 10 minutes later, she'd wake up and cry. And because she was born, uh, they set up a mirror, and I got to watch her being born. That was really cool. But she was born like this, with her arm around her neck. So there was a possibility that her uh, collarbone, clavicle, whatever, was broken. It wasn't, but they did say in the hospital, like, it could be sore. So me and James are like, well, maybe that's why she's crying so much. You know, maybe, maybe something's wrong with her arm, her chest, whatever. So we take her to the hospital. No, she's fucking fine. She's just being a baby is literally what the doctor told us. But she lost, she was seven pounds, 15 ounces when she was born. And when we took her to the hospital or to the doctor, excuse me, two days after she was born, not even like a day and a half, she weighed eight pounds, four ounces. And I immediately started crying. I was like, is this normal? She's lost like almost, what is that? Nine ounces? That would have been a gain in weight, not a loss. She's gained. Seven to eight. Did I say eight? Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry. Seven pounds, four ounces. She went from 7.15 to seven pounds, four ounces. Okay. Yeah, which is apparently normal. But when we brought her back in a week, she was five ounces over what they wanted her to be at. So. She's fine. 
She's yeah, fine. she's she's like her mama. She can put that food away. Oh, okay, Brie, we totally interrupted. You need you've got yeah, the sorry. floor for the rest of your story. <laughs> it's okay. Um, that's that's it. Oh, he was convicted and he died in twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, he died. December 3rd, 2020. Why I remember that, I don't know. It was also... Did you say December 3rd, 2020? No, 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 no. It was December 30th. Oh, 30th. 30th. I was about to be like, that was a year ago today. Hey, what day does this come out? It does not come out on the 30th. I can guarantee that, but... The 26th? The 19th. Damn. That's pretty close. Oh, it was a week off. Maybe I'll just rearrange them and this one will come out on the day that we've decided. This one will come out on January 1st. No, it's not. It's going to come out on the 19th, 18th, whatever day I said. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know know what's happening. We should make it come out like the 26th. So, you know, people have, like, time to listen to it and stuff, and then everyone will get chills. Or even better, it'll come out on the 19th as it's already scheduled, because my OCD will not allow that to change. That tracks. Don't worry, I'll change it for you. I have access to all the recordings, and I'm the one that posts them, so I don't know how you're going to change that. Hold on, she's chewing. She can't have a response until she finishes eating. Hold, please. And we appreciate that. Wait, what are you eating, though? Cereal. No, Jack actually Damn. made this really, really good sweet potato, beef, and rice dish. It, is so it looked good. really good going into your mouth. So, I mean, I'm not hungry, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I already had carne asada fries. What I was going to say is, you don't think I know hackers? Girl, I go to a university. I know more hackers than you do. I work for a tech company, and I worked in IT. Let's We can play this game all we want. I also went to high school for uh, science and technology, so... Yeah, I think I think I'm good. Nor do I think they're going to really... Here's the thing is, you wouldn't even need a hacker. You're overthinking this. So tell me. What would I need? No. <laughs> you have access to the drive. Shut the... No. Sorry. Not the drive. Shut the fuck up, though. <laughs> it's coming out on the 19th. I am promising that right now. On the 26th. Okay, it's going to come out on the 19th because then... Listen, listen. They can listen and they'll still get chills because it'll still be a good story. But they'll, but they'll forget about it because it'll be like not if they're days. binging. Let them binge. Let the people binge. <laughs> We're still growing our listener base. So by then we'll have people that are like, I'm getting chills. So we'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're going to go on to my story so we forget this conversation. Also, I was very (laughs) um, excited about my story. I had to cut off my rabbit holes that I was going down, but we did it. Okay. I did this week a cryptid. 
Because you guys remember that, how I told you a couple weeks ago, I found a huge list of cryptids. What are you writing, Brie? <laughs> I see you writing. I don't I need this timeout. What's happening? Amanda, she's ignoring me. <laughs> Here's the thing. Is if we post it on the 26th, our rotation is off. We're going to throw off all of our listeners by having the rotation off. And if we don't post it on the 19th, we skip a week. And that's not fair to our listeners because we're promising already. Oh, but we don't post one on the 26th. Because it's the day after Christmas. But we'll already have it recorded. And we're, we haven't, we still promised to post them. We did not hash out a whole ass schedule to get everything recorded on time through the 9th. For us to not post on the 26th. She's still writing, Amanda. It's very oh intense. I feel like I'm in therapy. <laughs> she still doesn't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> Go ahead, hack my account, have fun, see what happens. I'll hack your entire computer. Good good luck. <laughs> good luck finding anything. I have no idea on this. how to do that shit. <laughs> Okay, um, back to what I was saying. So, remember how a few weeks ago I sent you guys a text saying I found a whole big list of cryptids that I was putting on the spreadsheet? Yes. Okay. I found one on there that I instantly claimed as dibs. <laughs> and this is, I don't know how to say it everywhere, said it differently. So, it's either Ibu Gogo or Ebu Gogo. So I don't really know. We're going to go with Ebu Gogo. Stop giggling. Don't. We're not there yet. <laughs> so the Ebu Gogo is a humanoid creature um, or a race of creatures. There is a children's story called Ebu Gogo Tales of Miniman that recounts the tales of how the Ebu Gogo may have interacted with humans 18,000 years ago. I was very I'm upset. Need that story. I couldn't fucking find it anywhere. Oh, I what could the not shit. find it. My daughter um, needs to hear that story. Well, just play this for her and we'll censor out all my potty mouth. It's fine. Why? <laughs> Have you heard me in the past couple minutes? I'm holding her right now. Oh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or it's you okay, can just tell her, we'll teach her later on. Okay. So. It says it's a children's story, but I don't know if that means like it's a word of mouth story or a book. Mm -hmm. So that was part of the issue is I just couldn't find it. And even at that, these creatures uh, appear in mythology that are native to the people of the island of Flores, Indonesia. So you guys can go ahead and go to the first picture on the drive, which should be a map um, that just shows the island of Flores. I completely forgot about the drive. Thanks for reminding me. This is the first time I have ever not forgotten I've had pictures at least once. So basically, the mythology is specifically native to the... I'm going to butcher this. It's probably not pronounced this way. But specifically the Nage people, who are the indigenous people living on the eastern part of the Indonesian islands of Flores and Timor. Ebu Gogo, in, the, in one of the language translations, Ebu means grandmother and Gogo means she who eats anything. Or I possibly. 
glutton. So okay, what so that are they the grandmother of she who eats anything, or no, are no, they no. the grandmother that eats everything? It's so in a nutshell, it means grandmother who eats anything or grandmother glutton. And every time My I say in life is to be Ebugogo. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so every time I think uh grandmother glutton, I think Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going with they have to be related. I don't know how yet because we're going to take some twists and turns. Okay. So there are other possible related lores for different parts of Indonesia. Um, one of them being that Inewu and the Potowolo. <laughs> I didn't Google how to say any of these. Pardon me? <laughs> Potowolo. P O T O. W O L O. Either that or I. Some things that I read said they are the same thing. It's just a different dialect calls them different things or different cultures call them different things. Some things said they're just closely related. So unclear. Especially since this is a cryptid, guys. Everything's unclear. Now, <clears throat> in this lore the potowolo are described i don't know why i have this in this spot of my notes i went through this last night and apparently i couldn't decide what to do um the reason i'm saying that they are possibly not related is because the potowolo are described by the um by other natives as being between four and five feet tall and they do have ape-like features now the physical description of the ebu gogo they're described as similar to a leprechaun or an elf or a little gremlin. They are said to be about one meter tall, which is about three feet tall. I think. I don't remember. I think it's three feet tall. They're said to, they're said to be covered in hair, so like an ape. Very hairy. They have wide, flat noses, broad faces with large mouths. They are pot-bellied. They have ears that stick out. <laughs> Is my dad in Ebu Gogo? Oh no, it gets so much better. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on, I gotta compose myself for this. <clears throat> okay. And the women, the women Ebu Gogos are said. Hold on, I can't get it out. I keep laughing. Sorry. Wait, the so women... there's males and female Ebu Gogos? Yes. But they're all grandmother gloves. Yes, yes, I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, just wanted to verify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the women are said to have, and I quote from multiple sources, <clears throat> long pendulous breast. So long, in fact, that the women would just throw them over their shoulder. <laughs> 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 do your tits hang low do they wobble to and fro can you tell can you throw them over your shoulder like a continental song no like an ibu go go like an ibu go go do your tits hang low honestly though I am looking at the second picture currently. I'm sorry, I swiped over. But 
what you said about gremlin literally hands down it looks exactly like how i would imagine a gremlin with oh. hair all over them yes you guys can go i think to the second and third hold on let me check the third photo i don't remember what it is i can't even imagine that oh. having titties as big oh. as <laughs> down here <laughs> it'd be longer you've got to be able to throw them no. over your shoulder God. You guys can go to the second and third photos. <laughs> and those are depictions of the Ebu Coco. Honestly, the one in the third picture looks a lot longer. He looks I a lot leaner, longer. too. Like, I don't see a pot belly there. I don't see a pot belly, but I still grabbed him. Because he looks scary as hell. He's got so He's a wide-eyed, like, he's... That's... Okay. No. <laughs> oh. huh. Can you imagine, Amanda? No. <laughs> Just throw them over your shoulder. Oh, I thought you were, like, I was still looking at this picture, and I was like, I can't imagine just walking through, you know, like, going on a nice scenic nature trail, and you look up in the trees, and you see this fellow staring you down, down with his face. Like, I think I'm, I would prefer if i had to choose between one of the two pictures i would prefer the one that has the pop belly the first one's kind of cute like maybe it's because cute. he doesn't look angry yeah we'll but get he's into kinda, that yeah he's kind of cute oh, he's yeah. got some pretty eyes up in there like yeah <clears throat> i'm sorry that took me a really long time to get that sentence out <laughs> pendulum breasts long i can't pendulous even, like, breasts I guarantee you they breastfeed. I sure. I don't know. That's why. <laughs> oh my gosh. Woo. Ooh, that was that was real rough getting out. <laughs> I want to know how pendulous they were. I want to know did they sling them over the same shoulder or opposite shoulders? I imagine it like as a doing backpack. opposite shoulders. Yeah, so like totally you just like a continental soldier, though it was opposite. <laughs> One, I would just one, one over, over each way, shoulder. Over yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Do they crisscross like a halter top or just... I don't know. Like if you want to spice it up, if you're having like a hot date night, you can crisscross them. Accessorize the pendulous titties. Maybe. But that's really great because you like, you know how like okay, on a hot that, day... Do you like pendulous titties? Is that what you're telling us? A uh, hard pass. <laughs> But you know what? They might be nice because on a hot day, you know, when you're sweating and it's like right <laughs> under your bra, you just throw those suckers up. Oh, I thought you were going to say you can use them to fan yourself. <laughs> that would hurt. In seconds, how would you even wear a bra with literally titties coming down to your You mid-thigh? would have to wear a bra. You would have to. How could, how? You just roll them up. <laughs> Ow. Oh my god. Right. Roll them up. What is this? A <laughs> fucking egg roll or like. <laughs> also, let's remember they're only like three feet tall. Okay, but still. It's like a I whole mean, foot of breast. Re- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like, regardless. I mean, no matter if I were three feet tall or, like, six feet tall, that's still, like, a third of my breast when I'm, I mean, a third of my body when I'm thinking of huge, ginormous breasts. 
Listen, it's not... I did not choose for them to have these pendulous breasts. I am just telling you that they supposedly did. Okay. And they all do? Is this hereditary? This is just the women. (laughs) The men do not have long pendulous breasts. But I mean, my mother was pretty blessed. And I was not. So that's why I'm like, is this like all of you do? Like, what are you? Is there something you eat to make this happen? I have no idea. (laughs) Maybe we should look it up. Um, They don't go into the anatomy of um, Abu Gogos in anything. (laughs) Ah, Bummer. I'm sorry. I don't know. We have a lot to learn from these creatures. Um, Now... The people of Flores, or the Nage people, they do believe that the Ebu Gogo were alive at the, alive at the time of the arrival of the Portuguese trading ships to Flores, which was over 400 years ago in the 17th century. Century? Century. I just can't speak. It's fine. Okay, so they do... 1600s, right? I'm sorry, what? I'm dumb. Technically, 1600s. that was in the 1600s. Yeah. Okay. Century. So... <clears throat> Some believe that they had survived as recently as a hundred years ago, but now no one, there's no reports of them anywhere anymore. So if they're still around, it's unclear. However, there's, there's more coming on that. Now they were able to walk. And from what I could read is they kind of walked awkwardly, but they were really fast when they were running. So I don't know how that works, but they they could walk. They were bipedal. They could run. They were really fast climbers. They did live in the jungle or rainforest on the island of Flores. Um, and they were often said to be murmuring in what can only be assumed to be their own language. According to the islanders, they could repeat back what was said to them in a parrot-like fashion. So... I totally get, like, the parrot-like fashion. I'm just wondering if they could repeat it back, like, the exact same tone, exact same, like, voice, everything. I don't believe so. No. They could just repeat still. Yeah, they could just repeat back what was said to them. They apparently also had a very nasty disposition, and they were eager to chase people out of their territory. Because supposedly they were there before humans. The first known sightings were in the 17th century, and this is when the tribe people set up a village there. I'm assuming this was the Nage people that set up their village. Reportedly, the Ibu Gogo colony was about four dozen creatures strong. So it wasn't huge, but it wasn't teeny tiny. It was, you know, just kind of there. Typically, the legends are attributed to monkeys. I mean, they're small, hairy creatures. However... The issue with that is that there are actually, from what I could tell, there were no monkeys native to the island of Flores. And that's where these creatures were found, was in, or on the island of Flores. On the surrounding islands, there were monkeys, but, I mean, how, in the 17th century, how were monkeys getting between islands? They weren't. And then also to kind of show that they were more than monkeys, the legends also say that they loved to dance and they had their own language. So that just goes further to show that they were true creatures or real creatures. They kind of a lot like apes. Yes. 
I don't know, they, they don't really look like monkeys. They look like really just big, chunky, little apes. Um, <laughs> big, chunky, little apes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Big and chunky, right? Like, wide. No, they're little, chunky. Because, yeah, they're chunky. They're little, chunky. they're three feet tall. Yeah. Now, there are legends of the Ebu Gogo kidnapping human children, hoping to learn from the children how to cook. They were trying to learn how to start a fire because they wanted to be able to cook. They're gluttons. Don't give me that look. In one of the legends, again, the, there were two children that were taken to the caves because the Ebu Gogo did live in the caves on the island. And they demanded that they showed them how to make a fire. The children apparently very easily outwitted the Ebu Gogo. And they were like, peace out, Girl Scout, and went back to safety. The natives are said to have had a long, uneasy truce with the Ebu Gogo. And they even occasionally traded with them or even had feasts together. When they had feasts with the Ebu Gogo, the Ebu Gogo were all about it. They loved the food and drinking. They loved food. They were very um, gluttonous. And they also very much liked getting gifts, that type of stuff. So they were all down for it. Now, the Nage people do distinguish the Ebu Gogo as separate entities from spirits because they lack any extraordinary powder. Powders. Extraordinary powers. <laughs> Can't speak. I might as well be drunk. So they lack any extraordinary powers. And so basically they weren't able to fly or disappear or things like that. So they weren't spirits, but they were some sort of creature. Why do these Ebu Gogos reminds me, and I can't remember for the life of me which movie it was, but one of the Star Wars, Star Wars movies. The where... Ewoks. Why yeah. does it remind me of them so much? Literally, it's, know. I mean, they're, they're smaller, but, like, literally everything you're saying is hands down the Ewoks. Or, no, you're thinking, because Ewoks are small, I think. Well, I think I mean, you're thinking a Wookiee. A Wookiee? A Wookiee is Chewbacca. huge. No, 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 it's, it's not, I mean, they, they are, sm they're smaller than the Ebu Gogos. Well, the Ewoks, I think, would probably be an Ebu Gogo size. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. But literally, they remind me so much of them. Yeah, they're just the earthly Ewoks. No big deal. <laughs> the so, earthly Gogos. <laughs> um, so, where was I? Okay, so they weren't able to fly or disappear or things like that, so they weren't magical. However, they were known as being able to swallow things whole including rice mortars, puppy dogs, and piglets. That's, that's, a, that's a superpower. That's what I thought. It's like, how dare you short them like that? <laughs> no. Now, <clears throat> they would eat literally anything. I mean, I've already mentioned rice mortars, puppies, and piglets. They would also eat raw meat, fruit, veggies, and the occasional human baby. So what you're saying is if I don't feast with you, you're going to feast on my baby? They, it, they were feasting with them. The Ebu Gogo just weren't content with what they were getting. They wanted more. 
Well, I know what I'm going to tell my daughter's going to get her if she doesn't act right now. It does sound like a children's tale, doesn't it? It really does. Like, you better stop crying or the evil go-go's going to come get you. And I'm going <laughs> to let them take you. You want me to fight them? They swallow you whole puppy eat dogs. You best your dinner. Eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the occasional human baby, so. Mm-hmm. She can just swallow you right up. How am I supposed to stop that? Gobble, gobble. She's just going to hit me with her pendulous titties and gobble you up, and I can't do nothing about it. Can't control those pendulous titties, okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, the Ibu Gogo were not content with the banquets the villagers were inviting them to, so they did begin raiding farms, stealing crops, and killing animals. The villagers tolerated this, uh, with the Ibu Gogo stealing food and kind of running amok, but they only tolerated it until they started snatching babies for snacks. When they kind of had their breaking moment is when they had the babies were being eaten. And there are two different versions of this story. They both basically end in the same way. So story version number one. The Nage people. So the Nage people tell how they disposed of the Ebu Gogo by tricking them into accepting gifts of palm fiber, which I guess is extremely flammable. And this was to used to make clothes. Now, the Ebu Gogo being the Ebu Gogo, Ebu, Ebu, I don't know, I'm interchanging them. But um, being them, they were like, oh, hell yeah, give me, give me gifts. And they took the fiber back to their caves. And when they went back to their caves, the villagers threw in a fire starter and they set the fibers on fire and uh, all of the Ebu Gogo asphyxiated from the fire, the flames, and the smoke. Any Ebu Gogo that did escape were hunted down and killed. Oh, so they were mad, mad. They were very bad. Now, there are rumors or stories that a pair of them did did get away and were not ever found and killed, and they are still living in the forest on Flores today, um, or up at least up to a hundred years ago. Story number two, which is fairly similar, just a little bit of a different spin. The Nage people invited the Ebu Gogo to a massive feast where the Ebu Gogo were actually encouraged to eat and drink as much wine as they could. They were trying to get them all hammered and sloshed. And Ebu Gogo being the Ebu Gogo, they didn't really need to be told twice. They were like, oh, you're going to feed me? Cool. And they drank till their heart's content. They went back to their cave and they fell into their alcoholic coma. And when the Ebu Gogo were out, the villagers hauled the palm fiber up to the caves and set it alight. And then again, they asphyxiated the creatures as they slept. Um, In this story... This killed all of the Ebu Gogo. None of them needed to be hunted down and killed. But possibly, again, a pair of them did escape um, and are still living in the forest on Flores today. The sightings of the Ebu Gogo. I could not find a lot, again, because there aren't a lot of sightings of them in the last hundred years. But I'm going to give you the ones that I found. So the first, obviously, they were sighted often by natives in the nineteen. No, I don't know why I put 1900s. In the uh, 17th century, they were sighted often. And even up into the 1800s, modern... What am I... Oh, so even up into the 1800s, they were still seen by ships passing by, that type of stuff. Um, again, modern sightings drop off dramatically in the last hundred years. 
but the occasional story will pop up. In 2004, um, some person who I cannot say their name, so bear with me, Chief Eperadus Doilewa. <laughs> I couldn't That's find That's the name of the it. episode. Eperadus <laughs> Yeah, a bow way. I know I butchered that name, so I apologize. That was awful. But they stated that a female Ebu Gogo was captured in a village. And then the Ebu Gogo just escaped. So that's one. Uh, that was 2004. They didn't have pictures. That was just one reported sighting. And the bigger, bigger story we have here is the case of Dr. Timothy Darrow. Now, I really struggled with this one because, fair warning, um, I had to have Google translate this page for me. So I'm doing my best on what Google said was correct. Now, in 1977, two scientists went on an expedition to study birds on the Flores Island. Um, Dr. Gary Ward and Timothy Daros, and they also took a guide. Rajat Suputra. Uh, So the three of them set out to find a bird that had been extinct or considered extinct for a hundred years. So they went too far into the jungle and reportedly a strange sound put them on high alert. And the reason it put them on high alert is because the sound wasn't familiar to the guide. The guide had no idea what the sound was. So Daros Ward and Suputra went missing and Indonesian authorities went searching for them. And the Indonesians author- Indonesian authorities found only <laughs> what? I was laughing at you. Oh, I can't speak. And I'm not even <laughs> drunk. Bullshit. So, <clears throat> reportedly, the, that's an excuse anymore, Bryce. <laughs> I'm tired. I've been up with a puppy for two days straight. Sorry. So, you know. Well, you know, my cat meows all night and I'm still up and at him. And this is my second glass. Seventh shot, technically. Cheers. Listen. Bitch. I wasn't sure if I was getting paid today or not. So... I couldn't go buy alcohol. That's all it comes down to. Also, Anyways, just some of your dress, girl. I got you. Uh, I, I did get paid. I just wasn't sure because we get paid on the 5th and the 20th. I'm trying to hack you. I know it's what you're trying to do, and it's not going to work. So, Indonesian authorities, they go in looking for them, and they find only Timothy Daros after days of searching. And they find not far from him, and Timothy Daros is alive, but they do find not far from him the lifeless body of their guide, um, Drajat Suputra. I know his name. And Suputra was in terrible condition. He had a large number of broken bones, brutal blows, bite marks, broken and severed limbs, and even his skull was split in half. So really, really. And he was still alive? No, he was dead. Yeah, no. So Timothy was alive. But the guide, Suputra, 
I'm saying it wrong, I'm sure. Um, he was dead. Now, I couldn't find anything that said if Timothy was injured in any way. Point is, is that he was found alive. They, however, could not find the body of Dr. Gary Ward, but they do believe he suffered the same fate as the guide. Now, Timothy Daros was accused of cannibalism and murder, but he claimed that a group of creatures had attacked them in the jungle. He described uh, uh, that they had trouble with a very violent primate, a very violent group of primates, no more than one and a half meters tall. They had cornered the group, brutally beat them, and then he had somehow managed to survive. So Timothy Darrow reportedly died in prison. So we'll never know for sure if his story is true, but it is believed that they were attacked by the Ebu Gogo. I mean, at the end of the day, I believe it. Because, I mean, if you set fire to an entire group of people, like, you know that those bitches are going to come back and fucking haunt you. Like, but shit. they were eating people. I Pulling an Amanda, I'm throwing some cannibalism in on my story. Just sprinkle. I it appreciate in. it. You're welcome. You know, um, I love a good cannibal. I know, but you're not allowed to do anything. Oops, um, anything with cannibals for a hot minute. So another month. Technically, yeah, it's not cannibalism, though. Because oh, you're interrupting folks. A different species, maybe not different genus, but different. But species. if this Timothy Darrow killed them they believe that he ate them that's why he was charged with cannibalism and murder why didn't they do more research that was the 70s anyways those are the only documented sightings i could find again the timothy darrow story i did my best but it was also translated from a different website and i was going cross-eyed trying to understand what they were saying so we're going to move on a little bit more into some more fun stuff so in 2003 the discovery of the homo florensius may have been a little bit more of a realistic answer as to what the ebu gogo are according to the smithsonian the homo florensius its nickname is the hobbit it was discovered on a joint Indonesian-Australian research team. Nope, it was discovered by a joint Indonesian-Australian research team. They found a nearly complete female skeleton of a tiny human that lived about 80,000 years ago. This was discovered in Liangbao Cave on the island of Flores, Indonesia. Now, why this is very very important is first of all this is taken place all of the ebu gogo have been seen on the island of flores secondly they lived in caves and the skeleton which by the way you guys can go to the final image the skeleton that was discovered stood about three feet tall because of the stature of the skeleton, they did assign this creature as a new species. It is not considered a part of the um, Homo sapien. It has its own species. Since the initial discovery of the almost complete set of bones, 
Um, they have now found teeth and bones representing as many as 12 individuals that have been recovered from the cave. And the only site where uh, the cave is the only site where they have been found so far. They did have stone tools on the island in those caves with the um, Homo floresiensis. Um, I didn't Google how to say any of these words, guys. I'm sorry. Florensis. English does not allow me the ability to know how to pronounce something that has S N S I S in it. Yeah. I think it's Florensis. Maybe it's. I don't think the N is I think it's Florensis. Florensis. See, I'm not the only one. Fluorescent. The homo fluorescence. That's exactly what they are. Fluorescis. Florensians. I think it's Florensians. Florensiasis. We're going with it. Okay. So. But it doesn't have an isis at the end. It does have an. It has a something at the end. That's fine. We're. We're going with it. I could have typoed it wrong on that picture too. So who who the fuck knows? So they did find stone tools in the cave on the island that show that um, the tools were possibly about a million years old. It's not known how these time in hu- tiny humanoids got on the island. The nearest island to them is about six miles away across, and I quote, a treacherous sea. I don't know how treacherous, but it also was a long time ago. I don't know how treacherous it really was a long time ago. Anyways, so the tools that they did find were similar to those found throughout the throughout the human evolutionary career chain. Whatever. There is evidence that they hunted stegodonts, which is an extinct type of elephant. They had found bone fragments in the cave and some some of those bones of the stegodons show butchery marks. There are arguments about these being their own species or if they're a rep- representation of the modern human with a disease or a growth disorder. Which it very well could have been. A lot of sources said if it was part of the human evolutionary chain... Uh, it was a very small island with limited resources, so they could have naturally developed to be smaller because if they're smaller, they don't need as many resources. So the remains have only been found, they've only been found on the island of Flores, Indonesia. The fossils date between about 100,000 to 60,000 years old. So they're very, what? What's happening? Why were you laughing? I was laughing at her literally chewing everything in sight. No, she does. Anyways, so the stone tools that they found with the species date about 190,000 years old to 50,000 years old. Now, the description of these creatures, of what is assumed what they look like based off of the Smithsonian and the smarty pants that found these, they stood about three feet, six inches tall. They had tiny brains, is what they're assuming, um, or scientifically shown. I don't know. They had large teeth for their small size. They shrugged. Uh, they had shrugged forward shoulders. 
no chins, apparently. I put chings. I don't know why, but no chins. They had receding foreheads and re relatively large feet compared to their short legs. Again, they had tools. They hunted elephants, large rodents, and they coped with predators such as the giant Komodo dragons. And it is possible that they used fire or, or maybe they're the Ebu Gogo and they were set ablaze. So their tiny size may have been the result from island dwarfism, which I did mention. It's just an evolutionary process that results from long-term isolation on a small island with limited food resources and lack of predators. Um, something that shows the same adaptation are pygmy elephants, which are also extinct, but they were elephants that had adapted to be smaller just based off of limited resources. Now, some scientists aren't, a lot of people just aren't sure how these creatures got there. Some scientists do consider the possibility that the ancestors of the Florencius may have just been small when they first reached Flores, but they don't know how they did. So I guess this poses the real question of what are the Ebu Gogo? Are they a monkey or a myth mythical creature, a lost tribe, um, or are they this extinct species? The Homo Florensiensis. That's, well, that's the legend of the Ebu Gogo and their pendulous breasts. That was my favorite part. <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter, as I so affectionately call it, at Hell on Heels podcast. If you want to support us, you can donate through Patreon patreon where we release episodes on thursdays instead of sundays so if you want to listen early you can go there you can you. email us your own true crime or paranormal story at hell on hills podcast.com we i don't know if we ever started a facebook page hell on hills podcast at gmail.com yes hell on hills podcast at gmail.com um, for facebook that should be up hell on hills podcast and then a big shout out to Amanda's husband, James, for creating our intro music. Amanda is soothing a baby right now, so she's not going to say thank you. Sorry, James. Um, be sure to like, review, and subscribe and share share our podcast with all your friends, family. Just force it on them. And then this has been Hell on Hills. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs>